Stay tuners, welcome back to another episode of Stay Tuned Sports. It's your good friend Jimbo here, back again. After celebrating my birthday weekend, I'm still here, somewhat survived, but uh, definitely didn't get no good birthday gifts from from the Philadelphia Eagles with the the draft last week. But we'll get into that a little bit later on. But before we get into the show, head over to Twitter, follow us there at ST Sports Podcast. As well as like and share our Facebook and YouTube channel. Um, past couple of videos got some comments. And I appreciate you guys leaving some remarks there. And you could even, you know, like I said, head over to Twitter and do it there as well. So um, not too much news going on this week other than, like I said, the NFL draft was uh, last weekend. And... Before we get into that, one story broke about um, from the NBA that I wanted to touch on a little bit. Um, came out that the LA Lakers actually applied for a small business loan. Um, one of the, the small business loans that the government put out there to, to help like the mom and pop businesses try to stay afloat with all the, the coronavirus you know, situation going on right now. And I I just couldn't believe it. I, I could not believe a storied franchise would do something like this. So how the story goes was they um they returned approximately four point six million dollars that they received from the federal government program and reading the story uh I saw on ESPN, it was a little, it was a a loophole. It was basically a loophole that the Lakers found and whoever helped them apply for this loan uh, found. And the loophole was if you have a business that has 300 employees or less, they, they were, they're eligible. And that's what actually happened. As long as they spend 75% of the amount on payroll and doesn't fire anyone. Now, let's not forget that the Lakers value is estimated at minimum $4 billion prior to the coronavirus. And you got these sleaze balls trying to find loopholes just to get some money to, I understand, you know, you want to pay your employees and I'm not bashing the Lakers for that, but you're making over, you're worth over $4 billion. There's four or five, um, owners, you know, that, that that have a, a stake in the Lakers and they're all millionaires and billionaires. So you're telling me that they can't come together and figure out a way to, you know, you might not be able to pay them. A full salary, but if you paid them eighty percent of their, their their wages, they still could collect unemployment. And yet, you take four point six million dollars 
as a small business loan when other small businesses are closing up because it ran out of money. Now, Grant, yes, government has replenished the, the program and the Lakers did give the money back, the full $4.6 million. But that's only after all the the outrage that came out because of this. And, you know, you guys have listened to the show long enough to, to know we tried to keep the show sports-related and not bring politics into it. But I had to bring the story up. I mean, they're only doing it because, you know, Ruth Chris Restaurant had a... Well, they, they gave their money back. They didn't have to, but they gave it back because of outrage over it. Um, Shake Shack was another one. These businesses should be ashamed of themselves for doing this. I mean, and maybe I'm taking it personal because my father has a, a bar slash restaurant and it's not a franchise. It's a very small bar and it's good times, you know, and he applied for the loan and got denied because there was no more money. Lakers got the money. It, 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 it's just sickening. And the Lakers released a, a statement saying the Lakers qualified for and received a loan under the payroll protection program. Once we found out that the funds from the program had been depleted, we repaid the loan so that financial support would be directed to those most in need. The Lakers remain completely committed to supporting both our employees and our community. So, if the money was still there, you, you you guys would have kept it, for one. And, oh, we only gave it back to, to, to support the small business, to help them out. You should have never applied for it for the, for in, in the beginning. It's just absolutely ridiculous you even thought about it. You guys are millionaires that, that run this team, that own this team, and, and you guys go do this. To me, you're, you're a bunch of scumbags for doing this. And I hope you guys get like the the Red Sox, you know, 80-year-old curse that you, you guys never see a championship for a very long time. And I'm uh, any Lakers fans, uh, please don't take this as a shot at you because, you know, I, I, I'm not. It's just more I'm taking the shot at the owners. Because they're scumbags for doing this. I think I'm done with my rant with the Lakers. <laughs> so, last week we had the NFL draft, the 2020 NFL draft that was held in Roger Goodell's basement. Now, I, you know, everybody was curious to see how this would all play out and stuff like that. And uh, I don't know. I mean, I, I'm curious to see how you guys feel about the overall draft you know process it just seemed though like the first hour just kind of drug and I don't know if it was because I was drinking or what but as it went on it it started to feel a little bit better you know um, I'm glad Roger Goodell still got booed I mean it wasn't the way he should be used to getting booed but at least he got booed now, also, the only other issue I had was the first two draft picks. The Cincinnati Bengals 
sent Joe Burrow a message on Wednesday saying, hey, we're drafting you. I mean, it, it was a longer letter, but that was the basis of it. So why did it still take you the full 10, 15 minutes to draft him? And then second round, or just the, the second pick, overall pick, same thing. In two picks, it took a half hour. And, uh, you know, anybody that was on Twitter watching, you know, if you're following, like, I know Darius Slay took a shot, you know, 35 minutes for two draft picks and had the emoji with the hand in the, uh, or the face in the, hand, in the hand. Even I said, I'm like, looking at the time and everything, I'm like, this thing is going to go till 12.31 o'clock. But overall, you know, no technical difficulties. There, there were some... There is one actually funny story that came out of it. Um, and before I get, like I said, into the, who I think the draft winners were, who I was impressed with, and obviously I will give my my feelings about the Eagles draft picks. Um, first off, LA Chargers, you know, how he had the TV up there with like 12 blocks for people to be right there. Go find 12 people to, to be up there. He had nine Charger logos. They all signed out or something? I mean, I don't get me wrong. I There's nothing really much to root for for the Chargers anymore. I mean, those... Other than the uniforms. The uniforms they released last week, I think they looked pretty good. And even, uh, I, I said to our buddy King, um, the, the dark blue one, uh, I'm assuming it's probably going to be the color rush. I think that was nicest looking one and I really really had to look to figure out what I didn't like about them if there was anything and really I mean there really wasn't anything that looked bad um, Patriots released their their jerseys yeah you know it's a little bit maybe darker colors they use but Nothing really stood out. Uh, Browns, I, I guess they changed their jerseys. I mean, if you guys look at it, you really can't tell. I'm hoping Philly eventually changes their jerseys and goes back to the, the Kelly Green. Not sure if that uh, rule ever got changed or passed. But getting back to the draft, like I said, there was uh, one funny story and... I know hazing is against the rules and all that other stuff. Um, but I hope the, the vets haze this kid, especially knowing who his father is. So John Runyon Jr. got drafted by the Green Bay Packers in the, the sixth round, 192nd pick overall. And he declined Green Bay Packers phone call. When they called to say, hey, we're drafting you. When I saw that, I'm thinking, man, your father is so smart. How the hell did you you manage to do something like that? Well, here it, it was accident. It wasn't that he didn't want to get drafted. Um, he was in the middle of texting his agent when the Green Bay Packers started to call. And it just happened that his thumb was right over the decline button and he accidentally hit it 
Um, now, the quote that I, I, I have here um, from the story I read, I don't know if this is what he said that day or what he was talking to the reporter, but he said, I declined to call from Green Bay, Wisconsin. I tried to call back and my call didn't go through. And I had no idea what I did. I mean, I, I'm curious what Green Bay thought. Like, was this kid not want to play for us or something? But they end up calling back and they got in touch with them and everything is, is fine and dandy. Uh, from reading, you know, about him going to Green Bay, it sounds like he's not going to play the same spot that his father played all those years as a tackle. He's actually going to play as a guard. Um, and I will get to the Packers draft, but in a way, I was kind of hoping Philly drafted him just because of John Runyon Sr., you know, all those years. And, I mean, the kid's not a bad player. You know, he went to Michigan, started at Michigan. If he's half as good as his father, he'll be a, a viable starter someday for, for Green Bay. So... Moving on to the actual draft. Now, the first round, like I said, not too many surprises. I, I, I believe, you know, like, you know, Tua going to Miami. We all kind of figured that. Tank for Tua. But when he got drafted, I, I texted our buddy King and I said, I said, you know what? I just think he's Marcus Mariota 2.0. You know, I hope the Miami fans don't think he's coming in day one and taking him to the Super Bowl. He's not that type of talent, especially with the injury he had last year. Could be, you know, possibly a reoccurring injury. You know, is this a red flag that he might be injury prone now? Um, doctors say he's healthy. Obviously, Miami feels he's healthy to, to draft him. I mean, he's coming in to a young team, so he could grow with, with the team. But I just think Miami's got to do more to put more weapons around him than, say, like Joe Burrow. Joe Burrow, I think, is going to be the, the, the better quarterback of the two. We've seen multi-purpose quarterbacks come out of college and not really pan out. Uh... You know, Baker Mayfield, we'll see how this year goes. I, I predicted last year he was going to flop, have a, a, a regress in his season, as well as the Browns not making the playoffs. Um, but, you know, you think Johnny Menzel or even, Mar like, you know, like I said, even Mariota coming out, he was supposed to solidify the, the franchise quarterback spot for Tennessee. And now he's a backup for Oakland, which is not a bad spot for him to go. I mean, you go underneath John Gruden with the moves Oakland did to help Derek Carr. It's make or break season for Derek Carr. Does he get benched at some point this season and Mariota get a, a restart to his career? You know, it's just more stuff to going into the season whenever we have this season while we'll to watch. Now, Philly 
trade it for Marcus uh, Goodwin. But basically, all, all Philly and San Fran did was flip sixth round picks. Uh, the 49ers got the 190th pick, and Philly got the 210th pick. Now, obviously, Philly want to add speed to their team, and it showed in the draft. At first glance, when I saw on the the tracker that we traded for him, I was like, oh, yeah, all right, you know. I was, you know, a good receiver. Until I looked at his stats. He only had one good year, and that was the first year with San Fran. He had, uh, like, seven or 800 uh, yards receiving. Last year, he just fell down the depth chart. You know, between Mountie Sanders, um, Samuel, the, the rookie that the Niners drafted, and he also missed 12 games over the past two seasons, which is the Eagles receiver's MO. Deshaun Jackson missed 99% of the season. Alshon Jeffries missed half the season. You know, by time playoffs came, we had practice squad players playing as wide receivers. Now, by only swapping six-round picks... It is definitely a low-risk, high-reward. I, I believe we only gave him like a million and a half dollar extension or, or what, a, you know, whatnot. But now looking at the the wide receivers depth chart, got Alshon Jeffries, Deshaun Jackson. They're going to be your one-two. Jalen Rigar should be your number three guy. I think JJ and Greg Ward and Marcus Goodwin are going to fight for that fourth spot. And you know what? Like, I don't know if you guys saw on uh, Twitter today or uh, yesterday, Marcus Goodwin's wife calling Greg Ward trash or, um, you know, get that loser off the team type deal. Uh, first off, your, your husband, your boyfriend, whatever he is, can't stay on the field. And also hasn't performed. Where Greg Ward, he stepped right in and helped out a lot. And that's why I'm hoping he makes the team. There's questions now because, well, just getting right into the Eagles draft. Like I said, we got we, we drafted Jalen Rhaegar, um, Also John Hightower from Boise State. We... Signed a undrafted quarterback that we're switching him to a wide receiver. So there's three guys right there. So you already have like seven or eight wide receivers on your team. At most, you're only going to carry six wide receivers. So I, I see Greg Ward falling back down to our practice squad again. Unless he could beat out Marcus Goodwin and maybe John Hightower. But I think Hightower... Watching the film and everything, I, I just think that his speed down the field is, is going to be too much to overlook. And I think it's if we have a a training camp where we actually have uh, games, it, it'll show. This whole upcoming season is going to be very interesting because 
with everything going on in the world with the coronavirus, there's already reports coming out that the NFL, when they release the schedule, uh, I believe May 9th, they're also going to release a contingency schedule in case the season can't start on time. And the contingency plan is to start in mid-October with no teams having buys uh, was one part of it. Uh, and obviously, if you're starting that late, you're not going to have a training camp. You know, it's probably going to be all these virtual workouts that they, they've been doing. So it's going to be interesting to see how these teams figure out who stays on the team and who goes to practice squad, who gets traded, and stuff like that. But as far as the Eagles draft, like I said, the, the Jalen Rigar, it just it, it blew my mind. Uh, at that time, we had Justin Jefferson there. And I like the talent in, in Rigar. I just think we overdrafted. I think, you know, if you really wanted that kid, I really think that we could have actually traded back maybe three, four spots. Get an extra pick for next year or so. And drafted him 25 or 26. I think they, you know, the reports came out that they really did want um, Lamb that uh, the Cowboys drafted. But no one, you know, the, the asking price to get up to 12, 13, 14 spot was just way, way too high. And, and, and Howie just didn't want to do that. I was pissed because in the second round, you know, that they could have bounced back and got a top player. I was pissed that the Steelers drafted Chase Claypool. You know, my sister texted me about it, you know, because she don't, you know, she's not a Notre Dame fan. She's a Michigan State fan. Asked me about him. And I said, listen, he's a big body. He's going to be a big target in the red zone, but he makes big time catches as well. You know, over the feet, over over the middle field, or, or whatnot. And in the second round, we draft Jalen Hurts. We just got rid of the Nick Foles drama of, you know, Carson. You know, is Carson looking over his shoulder because Nick Foles is right there, and this, that, the other thing. Finally, got rid of him. Why? Why did we take Jalen Hurts? One report came out and said they're they're looking at Jalen Hurts as a Taysom Hill. All right, let's talk about that report first. And I, I think Howie even kind of confirmed it by saying, you know, saying that. First off, Wildcat has never worked here in Philadelphia. Why do you think it's going to happen? It's going to work now. Then I saw that they said, well. We're going to put him back there as a running back. Oh, so you're going to take carries away from Miles Sanders and, and Boston Scott, who carried that team in the second half of the season. You have Miles Sanders, who potentially could take a huge leap forward, and you want Jalen Hurts to take some carries away from him. I just think it was, it was a, a bad pick. Again, he's not a bad talent, but just not the right team. Now, the only small part I could get behind 
if this is true, if this does happen, is some people feel how we drafted Jalen Hurts a little higher than normal because just in case there's no college football this year, there's going to be no quarterbacks coming out, you know, other than Lawrence from Clemson um, that are, are proven. And maybe they could flip Jalen Hurts into a high round draft pick. That's a huge gamble to take on a second round pick that I just saw the report today that uh, he's in line to make $6 million this year. That's that's huge. But I, I also understand, you know, everybody's giving Donovan McNabb a lot of shit, which if you guys have listened over these couple years, you know, I'm a big McNabb fan. He needs to start shutting up. You know, I said past couple years... You know how Carson's always hurt. If you can't finish a season, they're eventually going to find your your replacement. First off, McNabb has missed just as many games as Carson Wentz. And Carson has taken him to the playoffs or a good enough record to bring a system quarterback in Nick Foles in to get them the rest of the way. The only way, you know, a little side note, the only way Nick Foles will, will show me that he's not a system quarterback is if he goes to Chicago and actually plays even average. Because if you guys think about it, when he was St. Louis, granted, it, it was Jeff Fisher, screwed him up, sucked there. He was a backup in Kansas City. He was a backup in Philly until he came in, but then he proved himself the second time around, too. He was good the first time around when he was with Philly, just got traded by Chip Kelly. Getting back to the Eagles draft, um, the the one pick that I really do like, and I think it may have been the steal for their draft, was Kayvon Wallace from Clemson, the safety. Now that move right there, you know, a lot of the draft gurus said he's like a, 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 a low second round pick, high third round pick, and he slipped to us to the fourth round. And when you have Brian Dawkins and Troy Vincent coming out saying, Eagles fans, listen, we got a guy here. Especially Dawkins, who's a, a Clemson alumni. Watching the highlights of him, Kid could run. Kid could track you down and, and, and tackle, which was one of our big issues last year with our secondary. Overall, what do I think about the Eagles draft this year? I think rounds one and two, we sucked. I, I, I think we just didn't do that well. But from then on... I thought we, we nailed it. And, you know, another reason why I think they should have tra- uh, traded back in the first round, too, was me and uh, O'Brien were talking about, you know, the receivers that. Can you guys 
who are Eagles fans or even, you know, regular fans, tell me, other than this John Jackson, when's the last time Philly had a... When's the last time Philly drafted a very good wide receiver? I actually had to look it up. And it was Mike Quick, 1982. And in case you guys are saying, well, what about Chris Carter? He actually was in the supplemental draft in 87. You go through all the wide receivers we drafted. Todd Pinkston, uh, Riley Cooper, you know, just terrible. Freddie Mitchell, just terrible. So hopefully... This draft class will break that bad habit that we've been having for quite some decades now. So before we go, like I said, I have some draft winners and some draft losers uh, that I want to talk about real quick. I probably could have had a, a lot more draft winners than I have listed here. I got three of them. And I really only think there was one draft loser in this this draft. But as far as draft winners, I mean, Baltimore Ravens, they absolutely dominated, I think, the draft. And the one pick that they uh, they got was J.K. Dobbins. I think it was definitely a, a very, very good pick. Um, now you have a running back back there that you have to worry about, you know, next to Lamar Jackson. You know, when they go to do the read option, he's not handing it off to a average running back. I mean, this kid led Ohio State in rushing yards, had quite a few big games last season. So, I think the Ravens are still the, the team to beat in the AFC. Uh, even though the Chiefs won the Super Bowl. The other um, team I have listed here, Cincinnati Bengals. I mean, obviously the, the Joe Burrow pick is definitely the right choice. But then to turn around and, and get him T. Higgins to pair him up with A.J. Green and a, a decent running game, it's a good way to help your rookie out early on in his career. I'll be definitely curious to see how their chemistry quickly becomes a real good tandem. Um, and then lastly, Denver Broncos. You know, they have the, the second-year quarterback in their lock. Um, they go out and, and get Judy and K.J. Hamler. And you know what? K.J. Hamler, I think, is going to be a under-the-radar draft pick this year uh, as a rookie. You know, he, I know he's small. But he has a lot of speed. And, you know, uh, again, just like the the Bengals, they, they have a decent running game with Lindsey back there. Um, they definitely are helping out their quarterback here with, with those picks there. And then for my draft loser, obviously, Green Bay Packers. I mean... Next to the Eagles taking Jalen Hurts, I don't know what the Packers were thinking by taking the quarterback, Jordan Love, at that position. You know, you got Aaron Rodgers, who only has maybe one or two years left before he's going to be done. 
you think you want to uh, help him out a little bit and give one last hurrah by getting some wide receiver weapons and I don't even think they drafted any wide receivers you know so I think that was like a slap in the face but on the flip side this screams Brett Favre Aaron Rodgers type situation back when Favre was at the end of his career so definitely give them the the draft losers of the the whole entire draft so but that's going to be it for us this week, guys. Uh, head over to Twitter. Follow us there at ST Sports Podcast, as well as our Facebook page, and subscribe to our YouTube channel. All the videos are up, hopefully, within the next week or so. I'll be actually messing around with trying to do some live streaming uh, video type stuff uh, for you guys. So, get some live interaction with you guys. So, until next week, this is your good friend Jimbo. Signing out.